0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Create Your Life series where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life.
1: Create ta propre vie.
0: Create your life.
1: Create your life. Create la tua vita. Create your life
2: better create your life
1: create your life
2: create your life
1: create your life
0: Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host Kevin Y. Brown, and I am excited to be with you here today. Today is going to be another one of those amazing interviews that we've been having, you know, for the last uh, two years. Uh, today's episode is we got a special guest in the house, and he, he's actually working in a particular industry that is slated to be uh, worth uh, fifty-seven billion dollars uh, coming up real soon uh, in the future. So. I'm excited. Uh, This gentleman is a Canna Tech entrepreneur. Uh, He's the founder of Dutch Compass, which is a business intelligence software and data consulting firm uh, for the cannabis industry. Uh, He has used his background in mathematics to help companies create value uh, in technology and data Throughout the emerging cannabis space uh, Spiraling from opportunities as a consultant He uh, founded and started a company called Jade Insights Which is a turnkey uh, business intelligence And supply chain analytics web app For cannabis industry operators That was a mouthful uh, But he is also the co-founder of Revel Which is a cannabis uh, technology showcase That highlights some of the most innovative companies And entrepreneurs in the legal marijuana industry Are rooted in all that he does He is determined to advocate For medical marijuana, patient access And to ensure the legal cannabis Industry is equitable To communities hurt the most From the war on drugs That's deep, the war on drugs That was was a Very critical moment for certain communities here in this country, uh, especially. So beautiful people. I'm talking about none other than Mr. Jacoby Holland. Jacoby, please say hello to the Create Your Life family.
2: Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me here, man. Dude, I'm
0: excited. No, thank you uh, for taking the time out of your day, you know, to come on. Um, It's been a long time coming. Uh, Uh, You know, I was definitely talking to you about coming on the show all the way back in September uh, when we first met. So definitely happy to have you here. Um, You're in an important industry, man. Uh, One that I think as, you know, being here in America, we've seen a lot of changes uh, happen in this particular industry. Right. Uh, Originally from Colorado, uh, which is a a state where marijuana is now legal. Um, Man, tell us a little bit about growing up because you're like, you know before uh legalization and post-legalization so tell us a a little bit about you know your journey coming up uh in Colorado how you know marijuana may have affected your family and
2: you know sure sure um so yeah born and raised in in Colorado uh was in Ohio for a a quick little bit um but you know the, the cannabis industry, it kind of really came to light in 2009 for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's basically when I finished high school. Um, but up until then, um, you know, really wasn't something that I saw as a user. Um, I, I wasn't in that scene too much, but, uh-huh. but had kind of cousins and relatives. Um, that kind of had success self-medicating, whether they knew that that's what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, also getting in trouble um, for just possession, um, selling very small amounts and, and kind of getting caught up into unfortunate situations, mm-hmm. um, but never really thought much about the industry from that perspective. Um, besides the fact that, you know, it's just something illegal that we shouldn't do and, and maybe that's their fault. Um, as I got older, yeah. realizing that uh, it's not so cut and dry, mm-hmm. um, that, that this plant is not really as as harmful as right. the stigma that I it kind of forced to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Colorado is a very just kind of, uh, I don't know, r- relaxed, kind of chill mm-hmm. state as far right. as to go. Um, and it makes sense why it was on the forefront of legalization, mm-hmm. um, just because the people there are are relatively, you know, calm and easygoing.
0: Let me ask you this. Um, what, because you saw uh, marijuana in this light of something that you shouldn't do. And as you got older, it's kind of like, a you know, you realize that everything's not that cut and dry. But what inspired you to say, you know what, this is an industry that I actually want to jump in?
2: Yeah. Um, you know. I had an interesting situation getting out of college. I did my last semester studying abroad. Okay. Um, which is cool, but when I... Where'd you go? Uh, South Africa. What Cape park? Town. Oh. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I like Cape Town.
2: Yeah. Did you climb Table Mountain? Uh, I did not, actually. Dude, what? I got the uh, like the gondola thing up there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> At least you saw the top <laughs> of I was it. there. Just, yeah, 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 Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, I finished college there. Mm-hmm. And it was probably the least climactic graduation because I was just kind of done. There was no ceremony. My credits didn't transfer for like six months. Oh. So I was for sure going to graduate, but right. now I'm done with school, but I don't have a degree. I hung out in Cape Town for a while, ran out of money, came back. I was like, okay, what am I going to do for these few months until I really start aggressively planning to maybe get in the corporate world or, or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um... And saw an opportunity um, to work at a licensed cannabis operation. It was, it was pretty big mm-hmm. um, relative to, to the industry at that point. Um and what year is this? This would be 2014. Okay. Yeah, so it just passed recreationally right. in Colorado, uh, and things are really starting to move. Right. And, you know, I figure I have to get a job just to do something right now before mm-hmm. I really go into this this corporate world I thought I wanted to do. Um, where, where can I just learn as much as possible? Something that I didn't learn in school that's gonna be valuable. And I saw this industry. I saw an opportunity to get involved with the ground floor. Um, and when I say that, the job was as a facilities maintenance guy.
0: Oh, wow. So you were really on the ground floor. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, I was just fixing grow tables, mm-hmm. um, replacing, you know, It was indoor, so replacing lights, um, doing basic plumbing, irrigation stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really learned the ins and outs, you know, from inception of, of cutting clones and seed pops all the way up to extracting the product in, like, butane or CO2. Uh, to make concentrates, which we could go into a whole nother. Dude, I mean, right now you're,
0: you're like speaking a whole different language. I don't know what right, you're talking right, about. What, right. what is a clone? What yeah. is a CO2? You know, like you got to you gotta help us for that. Right, those of us right. that don't know what you're talking so,
2: about. So just the the very basic understanding of the supply chain, you know, it's a plant. So you could just pop the seeds. Yeah, um, You can clone them, which is just basically cutting off a piece of that plant and let it regrow on its own, mm. um, and it, it will basically take on all the genetics of its mother, if you will, Right. or sister. Or I don't know what you want to call it, right, but right, right. Um, that's really what's used on the industrial level. Mm. Um, you could do it directly from the tissue, um, but so that so that's that part. It grows, develops. Uh, there's two main um, kind of life cycles. One is called veget like the veg state Mm -hmm. um and that that's just when it's just growing it's just developing up up and down um and then there's a flowering state where it starts to grow those nugs and that's that's what you see traditional um you know if you buy a bag of weed that's what you see (laughs) okay
0: so are you a, a, a marijuana user
2: yeah, I secretly. am. Secretly. Okay. Yeah, not secretly. <laughs> okay.
0: No, nah, because the way that your face used like, uh, should I answer this? Should I not answer that? <laughs> no, I'm okay. very proud of it. Oh, hey, yeah. I'm not mad at you. Yeah. Okay. Um I I guess some of my questions are more so around like this sudden legalization mm-hmm. of marijuana, right? Okay, mm-hmm. it was approved in, you know, states for uh for medicinal use. Now it's kinda like to, it's legal. You know what I mean? Like the government, you know what I mean? Is making money and stuff like that. Why do you feel like, you know, and I know this is not a policy thing. I'm asking for your personal opinion. Why do you feel like there's been this sudden uh, increase in push for the legalization of marijuana?
2: You know, I don't think it's, it's sudden. It it feels Mm -hmm. sudden because now it has momentum. Got it. Right. Okay. But it's, it's kind of like those artists that it seemed like they popped out of nowhere, but really they were working on their craft for like, you Ten know, years. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but to the rest of the world, they just come on the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been people pushing for marijuana policy changes for a very long time. Um, and very, very basic history lesson on kind of cannabis. Um, you know, like 70 years or so, uh, maybe less, um, or in the sixties, actually, uh, Nixon really pushed hard to kind of, put this stigma on this plant um to uh discredit the blacks and the hippies mm. um and ever since then mm-hmm. um you know there's been a lot of people that that use it underground and kind of pushing for it, but mm-hmm. but kind of to the more modern times um it just gaining momentum in, in colorado you see that the sky didn't fall and that's mm-hmm. the biggest piece is right. you know well, should we do this? Is it going to ruin our society? Are we going to be those kind of people? And you go to Colorado and things are still operating. Schools actually have substantially more money because of this industry. Um, People that smoke weed will continue to smoke weed, whether you provide it in a safe platform or Mm -hmm. they have to go to the black market. Um, And once people go to a place like Colorado or Washington and they just see that, Mm -hmm. oh, it's not that bad. It's, It's not, you know... The world is not ending because of this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are being helped by it.
0: Mm. Okay. Yeah. What? There are a lot of people, you know what I mean? Because I'm glad that you said that, you know, you can go to the black market, you know what I mean, whether or not you provide it legally or not. There are a lot of people who have just been imprisoned, especially over the last 40 plus years right. uh, in the States um, because, of you know, the the use of marijuana or selling it, you know, even in small quantities, as you said, your family have been affected. How do you feel about that being that you are a male of color mm-hmm. um, and you have family members who have been affected by this and now it's kind of like, oh, it's legal. You know what I mean? In, in, mo- in a lot of places, you know, as of right now, as it stands, a lot of cases have not been overturned or people being released. And for me personally, one thing that I think is, is that you put somebody in a situ you put somebody you imprison someone who has committed a nonviolent offense, and then they get put in there with someone who has. They have no choice but to become you know, a part of their environment in order to survive. So when they're released, if released hopefully, right? Then now this is a completely different person that actually walked in there with a completely different mentality, right? Yeah. yeah. So, what are your what are your personal um opinions about that being that you are you know, in the industry?
2: You know, I'm extremely passionate about this aspect of it because if you look at the way that the industry is evolving, um, I I don't have an official number on this, but I've heard that about one to 2% is minority owned. Mm -hmm. And when you kind of hear that number, which is ridiculous, but Mm -hmm. also the fact that, you know, which communities were affected the most by the war on drugs are this 1% that has it now. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just completely not fair, you Mm -hmm. know, and as a, a person of color, uh, you know that that has such a great opportunity in front of me i 'm um, really just trying to bring on more of my friends and my people and my community mm-hmm. to endorse this and get involved mm-hmm. uh, because we can 't be shut out of this right. um, it, it has affected my family it 's affected you know tons of our families um, and it 's an opportunity to um, for lack of a better phrase, get some sort of reparations from it, mm-hmm. you know, take advantage of the fact this has come. Um, and, and, you know, Seattle just recently. Um, they're leading the forefront on
0: overturning, right?
2: Right. Right. They mm-hmm. just said uh, within all marijuana offenses, like of the last 30 years, um, they're going to go back and look at it and, and potentially uh, let a lot of those people out for that. Hmm. So, so I mean, that's that's a huge win, and hopefully we see more of those kind of things in other cities. I feel like
0: it's like a win with the asterisk, you know what I mean, because you right. can't get those years back. So, Oh, absolutely. Um, but one thing that you said in your bio, you know, is making sure that, you know, you're advocating for medical marijuana patient access. Yeah. And I know that you have, a, you know, a situation uh, with a couple of your family members yep. who, um, you know— needed this access or, you know, had to access. Can you speak a little bit about that? And I know that that was a part of the reason why you became passionate about. Right. Right. Well. I mean,
2: I talk about this all the time and I still just got chills because this is so important to me as well. Yeah. I saw you um, at your arm. yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um so I, I had I've had family members that had cancer. Um One specifically um out here in New York, my uncle Fred, um you know, he was battling for about seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he go ups and downs in these chemo processes and, you know, a lot of things. And I, I was not involved. I don't want to, you know, put the wrong image there. He was struggling through most of this on his own. And, you know, he would explain to us that cannabis was kind of the only thing that could relieve his nausea, his lack of appetite, uh, his stressors. Um, and so he was a frequent user from the black market mm-hmm. um you know as a result we found ways to make sure that he had what he needed um because he was in New York where um at the time there was no medical program mm-hmm. um when he passed away in 2016 there was a medical program uh very new nascent i mean still very new mm-hmm. um and pretty restricted um and he j- that wasn 't really an option for him it was expensive it 's a long process. he needed stuff right at that mm-hmm. moment um and so i I came out here to actually help him in his final months in hospice oh wow and um you know he 's in the hospital you can 't just like you know smoke a joint in the hospital that 's <laughs> not going to fly mm-hmm. um and when he 's on bed rest, you know you have it it was unfortunate that it wasn't really easy for him to get the products that he needed. Mm. When you know he's getting tons and tons of pills, right? You know every hour, uh, but he can't get access to this
0: to to the thing that he actually needs. Right. And so that leads me to ask this question. Right. There are a few drugs uh, that were once legal. You know what I mean, like methamphetamine, uh, MDMA, cocaine, heroin, and LSD that were actually in everyday products. Um, but these drugs were later found out as harmful, right? Even cigarettes, you know, you find out tons and tons of years later that it's harmful. Right. Um, now those products are illegal. Do you foresee anything like this coming down the road with marijuana?
2: Um, potentially, um, the, the thing about the marijuana industry in general is that there really is not a lot of research yet, uh, because it has been, you know, kind of cut off. Um, mm. and and you know, there are scientists that are really pushing the forefront and want to understand this plant more. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the information that I'm gaining and hearing, there are a lot more pros than cons, right? Ultimately, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, I don't know what might come down later that we find out was not good for us, mm-hmm. but um, I can tell you. Um, putting pesticides on marijuana is normally not going to be good for the end consumer, especially if you're smoking it. If it's in a regulated environment, Mm -hmm. you know, and and tracked, Mm -hmm. you know that you're inhaling a relatively safer product as opposed to if you buy it on the block from some person that, I mean, do you know where that came from or what they used to grow it? Exactly.
0: So do they have different strands, right, of of, of marijuana? And I guess my question is, is that now that it's becoming more of a governmental type thing or, Mm -hmm. you know, just more of a thing that uh, industry. Right. I'm wondering, are there any alterations being made to the plants? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so and how will that affect people? You know what I mean? Kind of like long term. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. let's say 20, 30 years from now, you know, it's legal. Everybody does it now. And then it's kind of like.
2: Right. So to the first point of the different strains and that really takes me. um to our, our our group revel we bring in you know cannabis tech entrepreneurs and scientists and, and one group we brought in phylos bioscience they're mapping all of these different strains mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of strains that involved mm-hmm. um and you know uh, altering the 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 plant phenotypes or mm-hmm. genotypes um is nothing new people have been breeding plants underground for you know, hundreds of years. And so right. that's what, how you come up with these different strains that have these crazy names right. is somebody mixed a couple, you know, took a mom and a dad, put them together and came out with right. something that had amazing profile and right. called it whatever.
0: So what's the craziest name that you've heard? So craziest
2: name. I mean, uh, or a couple of them. It, well, it's inter- like green crack, right? That's a strain <laughs> name, Okay, uh, which is, it's a good product, but now that it's coming, you know, to traditional uh, consumers, yeah, a, a soccer mom is probably not going to want to buy green crack, right? Right. right? So it's you know, interesting to seeing some, how some of that has to change.
0: I want to say uh, sorry for your loss in regards
2: to your uncle. Oh, I well. appreciate so, it. I appreciate. You know,
0: I definitely we like kept going. I'm like, hold on, stop. No, man. much appreciated. Gotta pay respects. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, I guess a question for for that I want to ask you is is right now there is a huge opioid crisis going on in the states, right? And marijuana is seen as a gateway drug uh, to other drugs oftentimes. You know, so do you have any strategies or tips that you would uh, like to or that you could give out at least, you know, maybe like two or three for people to make sure that they don't switch and go on to stronger drugs if they are using uh, marijuana for medicinal or for, uh, I mean, legal purposes?
2: Yeah. Um, The first piece I would say is marijuana is not a gateway drug. Um, Okay. In fact, there are a lot of people that have success weaning off of opioids mm-hmm. with marijuana. Okay. And when you look at the pros and cons of each respective way to deal with pain or whatever, mm-hmm. um, marijuana is definitely a safer option to what we understand so far. Mm-hmm. Um, in in terms of getting involved with heavier drugs, um, I, I think that if, you, if you're chasing a high, mm-hmm. um, you can go down a path that can be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and marijuana may be something that you try in order to find some fixation. Um, but I think by using marijuana just by itself does not necessarily set you up to then try cocaine and then heroin and then, you know, you're addicted to crack. I think that's a... a misconception that's kind of been pushed on us
0: well i can not from experience but from uh from observation direct observation uh and direct tales from some who have gone down that pipeline to heroin to you know um other things i can definitely say that you know we might we might be uh getting two different narratives sure you know so you know, not to say that you're wrong or that I'm right or I'm right and you're wrong. Um, but, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I've, I've, I've seen that, it
2: as well. I, yeah. I don't want to. I'm not saying it's that this is the
0: sole reason, you know what I mean, or that, you know what I mean? It, it, but it's definitely something that that does take place. So I think just being, you know what I mean, I guess. upfront, or, you know what I mean? Just somebody, you know, who, who smokes regularly, you know what I mean? You've done a good job of making sure that you're not. Chasing highs. I guess that's a good right. way of putting it, right? right? Chasing the high. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we got to make sure that we're not uh, chasing And I mean,
2: high. there's also narratives that aren't told of brilliantly successful people mm-hmm. that have been underground marijuana consumers uh, that did not, you know, go down some other path of, yeah. of drug abuse mm-hmm. that are killing it in their own respective worlds.
0: Without blowing up anybody's spot, are there any people who you can name kind of like <laughs> out who...
2: Um, off, off the top of my head, people that are not in the, like Montel Williams. Okay. So I, I heard him talk. He has MS. mm mm-hmm. um, And he has, and that dude is working. He works hard. Right. Um, and, I, I mean, I can only try to imagine how difficult mm-hmm. um, that must be for him. Mm-hmm. And he has a regiment of different types of cannabinoids or d- different marijuana products that he uses. Mm-hmm. Um You know, and I I respect him and commend him. And I intentionally, personally try to change the narrative of kind of like a stoner. There's people that smoke weed or consume the product that are really, you know, doing their thing.
0: I got to I have to say this. I did the research Uh and I'm I'm happy to know this fact. I'm actually excited for you and where you're at. Uh, a recent Forbes article said that spending on legal cannabis worldwide is expected to hit 57 billion by 2027. So you are you in the right industry, brother. <laughs> but uh, the adult use uh recreationally. Uh, the market will cover about 67 percent of the spending and the medical marijuana uh, will take up 33 percent. It's saying that um, that that was only uh, primarily uh, in the U.S. and that, you know, places like uh, Australia, their cannabis market is expected to grow 52 million uh, in 2018, uh, from, 20, from 52 million in 2018 to 1.2 billion in 2027. And Germany is poised to be the leader of the European cannabis market. And Italy is expected to be second with 1.2 billion in sales uh, by 2027. Uh, that being said, when I think of marijuana, I'm usually thinking of the guy who's selling, you know what I mean, out on the corner uh, right. to people and just people smoking it. But you're on the data side of things. So explain to me why, um, number one, you decided to go into the data aspect versus the selling and and being a a grower. Um, And then why is data such an important part of the marijuana business?
2: Um, To address the the aspect of why I went throughout that I did, um, I studied applied math. I understood data. Mm -hmm. I tried to grow my own plants and they died. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That wasn't my calling. Uh, the data side is was just more interesting, more my expertise. Um, and uh, it, it's interesting how the industry is evolving where, like you said, you just kind of think about the person on the block selling, you know, what dime bags to, right. you know, whatever. Um, but now there's there's all sorts of different products in terms of consumable products, different ancillary devices and tools to help you either consume or, you know, put it on your body or, or whatever. Um, and tea? There's tea. I mean, if you can name it, <laughs> right. somebody yeah. is working on it.
0: They got pillows? I'm just
2: <laughs> Ooh, I, I don't think I've heard that one yet.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. Okay.
2: Yeah, uh-huh. uh, I mean, I I could go more on on the the data side of it. It's mm-hmm. it's really interesting because you brought up all these different um, um, countries. Yeah, and you know where do you get your bananas from, right? You you don't go source them. Somebody imports them from probably Colombia or right, the Caribbean, right. uh, or South America or something. Right, right, and then you go to the grocery store and get it. Mm-hmm. Um, like marijuana, right now is being grown in Colorado and in indoor facilities that mm-hmm. spent a ton of money recreating that little light that we have in the sun in the, in the, the sky. Right. Um, that's really not going to be the way it is. The reason they have to do that is because they only can do that in Colorado. Once globalization kind of takes effect, you're going to grow marijuana in Colombia um, at huge volumes and ship it to the U S um, mm. so it's going to be very interesting how this starts to play out. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, I, I want to become a grower. You know, they'll reach out to me and, and that's cool. Um, but you know, think a little bit bigger. Are, are you going to grow an indoor facility that has 10,000 square feet? I mean, I don't, I don't know.
0: Mm. Okay. So that makes sense. So you basically, you just got the eye for the, for the future of where this industry is going. And that's
2: essential. I mean, I, I I like to think so. I'm I'm betting that my <laughs> foresight is correct. Right. My uh, hypothesis. Yeah. Yeah. That
0: the hypothesis is where it is. Okay. So, uh, real quick before we cut to a musical break, how did being on the ground floor help you find help? You know, at the your initial job out of college, help you found Dutch Compass, which is your your first company. Right yeah. now, you're running three. Right. So yeah, how did that help you? You consulting? know,
2: actually, kind of. T- Going back to how we started with, with my uncle, um, I had a very good understanding of what had to happen at the facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that company, I built software for them later, um, so moved up the value chain uh, immensely when I had custom software for them. Um and what,
0: how did you stop? How did you even <laughs> get to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm going to create custom software for these guys. Did you tell them or did you just do it on your own? You know,
2: then- it was a blessing. You know, things happen, good, bad, but they happen. I hurt my shoulder snowboarding. I couldn't work on the ground floor anymore. I told my boss, look, put me in front of a, comput- a computer for a month. I'll be immensely more valuable. He like, you know, what exactly are you going to do? And I, I was like, I don't completely know, um, but I just started asking him questions. How do you do this? How do you do this? What is this? Uh, learning the things I didn't know. I was like, okay, I can fix that. Uh, the big one that's kind of really driven everything else is I asked him, why do you grow so much of this strain? There's hundreds of strains to pick from, and we grow a lot of this. How do you mm-hmm. decide? He looked at me. He's like, this one, um, this grower likes that strain, so we do it. From then on, I realized, okay, this needs to be data-driven.
0: Right, because he didn't know exactly. What it is. He didn't have a real reason for it. Right,
2: right, exactly.
0: Mm, very interesting very
2: that's very interesting. So I I built tech to help answer those questions. So
0: you built tech for them then you jumped out and what we're going to do is we're going to cut to a musical break and then we're going to come back cuz I got to find out more about how you go from, you know, building tech for this company into jumping out and saying, "Hey, you know what? I I should be a consultant." Let me let me uh let me found Dutch Compass and I even like the name Dutch Compass. You know, because a lot of times people are putting it in the Dutch. What's in the Dutch? (laughs) Uh, So, beautiful people, if you have any questions for Jacoby about the uh, cannabis industry, please call in. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and we are here uh, with Mr. Jacoby Holland, uh, CEO of Jade Insights, um, Dutch Compass, and uh, Rebel. So, um, Jacoby, before we left we were talking and we were talking about how you basically ended up getting into the software aspect of the cannabis industry. And I wanted to go back even to, uh, I guess to into the next step, you know, you built this custom software for the company that you were working at because you were hurt your shoulder, yep, you know, yep. in a snowboarding uh, accident. And so you did that. You built the software for the CEO. Basically, we're plugging in because they were growing things that they didn't know why they were. They didn't have the right reasoning uh, from there. You became a consultant uh, mm-hmm. with Dutch Compass. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that transition of going from. you know.
2: Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was just situationally. Uh, I was in New York taking care of my uncle. Um, I had told my employer at the time. I'm going to go to New York. I don't know when I'm going to be back. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen. I'm happy to quit. You could fire me. I could work remotely. I could train. some. I'll do whatever has happened, but I'm going to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, cool, work remotely. And <laughs> I mean, you I were like, surprised. Yeah, it was way too good to be true. Uh, so I'm basically doing my job from a hospital on the computer, helping out my uncle. Um, and, you know, in, in Colorado, you need to be a Colorado resident to have a badge to work in the cannabis industry, to, you know, work with dispensaries or anything else. Um, so as a result, I, um, uh, I, I couldn't really be a badged employee for Colorado. So I quit, started my, um, consulting firm where I essentially just did, um, what I was doing as an employee, uh, but now under my own entity. Um, the blessing from that is as a result, um, and I could actually work with other companies and realize that they're not the only ones with problems. Okay,
0: well, well Jacoby, I, I want to let you know this, man. Like, you you are sparking uh, interest, man. The, the phone lines are are uh, going. Uh, caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, sir. Uh, can you tell us your name, where you're calling from, and your question?
1: Okay, Jay from Harlem. First of all, I want to uh, give my condolences also uh, for your loss. Uh, but Thank you. My question deals with um, the different ways of growing marijuana. I understand that you can grow uh, certain marijuana without uh, dirt, without uh, putting it into the ground. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to know what's the benefit of not growing marijuana, you know, putting it in the ground to grow it.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's there's many different ways um, and, you know, um, many different growers are going to have their own way to do it. Um, you could do like... Um, hydroponics, aeroponics, um, um, of course, regular, uh, living soil as you know, and there's also different types of mediums, um, you know, but like choir, um, some, there's, there's benefits in terms of how you operate. Um, for me, the times that i try to grow marijuana which i stated i'm not great at uh <laughs> soil is the way to go because i'm not able to you know maintain a, a nutrient schedule i'm a really busy person um, but in terms of you know if you want to um focus on your nutrients that are that are water and you you have the bandwidth to do that um you can actually be more um precise with what the plant is taking in um, using different types of methods um, you can train the plant to you know grow wide, grow tall, um, all different types of methodologies based on you know your environment, what you have around you, um, et cetera. so i hope I hope that helps a little bit. yeah,
1: it it does. And uh, the last part of the question is, I think maybe if you explain to the people uh, the benefit of knowing how to uh, when you you stated that you you were in charge of making the repairs, Mm-hmm. And those lamps and then the things that you need in order to um to maintain the quality of the plant. Maybe if you would explain how important that is, it wouldn't maybe shorten the uh uh i would say the the so-called suspicion about marijuana just being uh you know like the 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 basic understanding of smoking it just being something that uh people do you know there is to me a health benefit. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. And bye bye. And thank you so much.
0: All right. Thank you so much uh, for calling in.
1: Okay. Bye
0: All right. Guys. Bye. All right. Well, Kobe, man, you, you got you got people calling in, man. They want to <laughs> know. You know, how do you grow it? You know, can I do it without the soil? <laughs> you know. Uh, that being said, man, so you were talking to us about about Dutch. You know what right. I mean. Your boss let you come out here. You were doing your thing. Uh, so how how does Dutch turn into jade?
2: Um great question. Basically, um, you know, I'm starting to, um, get a couple other clients starting to understand that everybody I'm talking to, mm-hmm. um, literally all of them have no idea how to plan, um, what's coming down the pipeline, right. the, the supply chain. It's really complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that the, the tools aren't sophisticated enough to, um, make that process easier at the moment or they weren't at that time. Mm-hmm. um, so instead of just doing these one-off contracts, I had an interest of many people saying the same thing, and right. it just kind of clicked. I need to um, start a software company instead yeah. of just consulting. So I linked up with, with my partner, um, and luckily he's substantially smarter than me. And uh, it's always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and he's just you know driving the, the tech side.
0: Okay. So right now, uh, Jade... Mm-hmm. You know, a data uh, company. And this is kind of like an expansion on what you were doing for, you know, the company. Mm-hmm. The, the, the company that allowed you to work remotely. Uh, you guys have a team of six. Yeah. And you're between New York and Colorado. Um, and I know your business development person works here in New York with you. But you say that your CTO is in Colorado. Yeah. So how do you, and you're the CEO of all three of these things going on. We'll talk about Revel in a second. How do you make sure that... Your team is communicating and is operating, um, you know what I mean? On schedule, on time and in sync when you're in between planes, you know, you got a personal life, you know what I mean? Like how do you, how do you keep all of this stuff together? I'm um, so
2: curious cause this is a challenge for me and I just live here. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Slack. <laughs> okay. That's important for us. Uh, we say our office is Slack. Um, uh, Really, it's important for everybody to be on the same page of our goals and objectives mm-hmm. for, you know, whether that's the quarter, the month, the week, mm-hmm. the day, what is essential for us to get to the next step of our, our uh, respective company. Um, and we communicate that, hold people accountable. Um, you know, we are all completely remote. Um, and so then kind of the, the traveling back and forth, um, I'm in the ground on the ground in, in Colorado. Talking to clients, getting understanding, getting user feedback, trying to get new clients. Um, I'm in, you know, New York, having conversations with, you know, people I want to invest in our company and, and mm-hmm. partnership relationships that we want to do. Um, and it's just, you know, making sure we understand our objectives, what needs to be accomplished to get to the next step, mm-hmm. and everybody then can kind of sort of play their part.
0: And you're running your company. Your company is actually a startup, a tech startup, mm-hmm. and so you're actually going out and applying for funding. Yeah. Right. Or getting funding, should I say, because you, you've gotten some funding. Yeah, a little uh, bit. Could you give us a couple of strategies um, that have helped you to uh, obtain funding and what it is that you're doing?
2: I mean, uh, the full transparency, you know, this for sure is something that I'm learning right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, having those conversations with with potential investors um, and, and I wouldn't even say potential investors with anybody that mm-hmm. is interested um, in treating everybody as if they are valuable for your company. Um, And, um, you know, once again, having those objectives, very clear and transparent. Um, When I sit down with somebody, Hey, I think we need X to get to Y. And this is, you know, how we're going to do that. You can either believe that this is the, the, the case. These assumptions are true, or you don't believe it. And maybe you don't want to invest, but, my objectives are very clear Mm -hmm. and what I'm trying to do to get there is very clear. Um, and if, if you're down with that, cool. If you're not, that's also cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but being transparent about that.
0: I want to ask you, you know, a lot of times, well, we've talked about the fact that marijuana wasn't the popular industry to be in for a second and had this stigma. Was there ever a point, you know, when you've been, since you've been on this journey, uh, that you felt like you wanted to give up? And if so, how did you push past that?
2: (laughs) this morning <laughs> um, I mean all the time um you know a lot of my friends uh that graduated college at the same time, great careers, living much more comfortably yeah. um, where you know I'm working on weekends I, I don't I don't go out a lot um you know struggling to raise money for this, trying to push an event over here, trying mm-hmm. to you know, do x, y and z and it it's stressful it's it's tough um and oftentimes I second guess what well, am I doing is this the right way to go? Mm -hmm. Is this really what I stand for? Um, yeah. So I feel that every day, uh, Mm -hmm. the way I get through it, I guess, um, I have a very basic philosophy that as soon as I wake up, as soon as I wake up every single day, I'm thankful. Um, and I just literally think of the reason I'm thankful at that moment. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, that alone has, you know, really made me realize how much I have. And and once I put that in perspective, the hard stuff doesn't really matter. You just push through it.
0: Mm, I love it. All right, well, my next question to you is, is can you swim? Can I swim?
2: Um, yeah, I can swim.
0: Okay. I mean, I'm just checking because we're about to jump into the dolphin tank, man. <laughs> okay. So, you know what I mean? I, I hope that you can swim. <laughs> you know, you're not swimming with sharks, but you're swimming with dolphins. You to
2: know? be fair, I have swam with sharks. Oh. So, but not dolphins. So...
0: What kind of sharks did you swim with?
2: Well, to be fair, I was in a cage. In a cage I was in, in South Africa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did it too. I did <laughs> yeah, it too. Okay.
0: okay. <laughs> uh, like two hours from uh, from Cape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Similar experience. We we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> it was good. The Great White bit our cage. No way. Yeah. On the side of the boat, it was kind of crazy. I, did you do it off the side of the boat? Or yeah. You were like, yeah. Oh, side yeah. of the boat. My okay.
2: finger was out and accidentally like touched it. Oh, yeah. you are a brave soul. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so you went beyond the red line. Yeah, my, then, my yeah, hands nah. are just out. Uh-uh. On it. Yeah. No, yeah.
0: sir. Mm. All right. So first question, rapid fire right now. Okay. Go. Top tech uh, that you're using to make your business run smoothly?
2: Uh, slack.
0: Okay, cool. Favorite quote or model?
2: Um, read more, learn more, change the world.
0: Mm, I like that. Who's that by? Nas. Okay.
2: Love it. Might be change the globe.
0: From my know I know. I, can. I, know I can. Yeah, exactly. I, was like, from I know, I I know that's okay. Uh, favorite book or most impactful book uh that has had the biggest uh,
2: impact on There's me. other books I've liked more, but mm-hmm. four hour work week really flipped the entrepreneur kind of switch in my mind.
0: Got you. Three jewels you would tell someone looking to create their best life?
2: Uh be grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, grind. You gotta keep on working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and number three, um, believe in yourself love it
0: love it okay so what's next for you and tell us a little bit about revel and when the next event is
2: revel is basically um a showcase of other entrepreneurs scientists technologists doing amazing things in the cannabis industry Mm -hmm. uh so we host quarterly events Mm -hmm. um our next one is actually going to be um july 18th okay yeah so we just had one april 12th yep 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 Mm -hmm.
0: Sorry, I missed it, but I do remember the date.
2: (laughs) Well, I appreciate that much. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so our next one is going to be about cannabis and the body, Um, Mm. different aspects of how it reacts with your body, Mm -hmm. what different um, products do to you. Um, So that will be coming up in New York City. Okay yeah
0: all right and uh what's what's next for you what's coming up for for jacoby
2: uh for me uh we're we're raising money for jade to really take it to the next level um and you know essentially we're providing supply chain analytics for the cannabis industry to help them optimize um so for me it, it is those relationships getting new clients getting more money to push this uh to the next level um and um I mean that's that's my main focus right now.
0: Okay, so how can we keep in contact with you?
2: Um, yeah, you can find me on social media. Um, for for Jade, it's Jade J A D E Insights. It's mm-hmm. at that for what Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's complicated. It's only <laughs> underscore w a n underscore Jacoby.
0: J a c o b i. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Okay. Cool. You know what? I, I, there's a couple more questions that I really got to ask you. What are your goal setting methods and how do you make sure that you um accom- are you that you're accomplishing your goals every year?
2: Um so a relatively new method that I find extremely successful is we do OKRs, which are objectives mm-hmm. and key results. So yep. I figure out where we're trying to go and then figure out ways to measure whether I was successful or not um over whatever time period mm-hmm. um and then anytime there's decisions that need to be made i can reflect on those okrs and mm-hmm. is this aligned with that um and then you know personally in the mornings i just literally think about what i have to do mm-hmm. i focus think about how i'm get it done and then just go do it
0: okay all right cool well kobe that's your kobe i'm sorry that works yeah that works right Kobe Bryant, that's my favorite player. um <laughs> It's time for the turnaround, man. So you are now completely in control. Create your life, family. You know what this means. This means that this brother um, has the opportunity to ask me any questions that he wants. And the floor is all yours.
2: All right. All right. I mean, I see you out here working, man. I want (laughs) to know, how do you do all this? You have so much to do in such a little bit of time. How do you manage your time?
0: Yikes. How do I manage my time? All right. So I have time slot set up on my calendar um so that that helps a lot and then also what i've more recently started doing is is actually uh setting up a list of things that i want to accomplish throughout the week like tomorrow i've I've already made up in my mind tomorrow probably tomorrow into tuesday i'm actually going to turn my phone off and i'm literally going to edit videos for like two days straight wow yeah, because we have a lot of video footage, um, and of course I have some help from the, from the interns, but we have some video footage, and so I'm like, you, we need to get this footage done. So it's a matter of really just shutting out the distractions uh, and focusing on what your are uh, like you said, your OKRs and, and what, you know what I mean, what it is that's actually going to push the, uh, the needle forward. One of my friends, he talked to me about the, the impact difficulty matrix. Have you ever heard of this? I don't think so. Oh, so you talked to me about this recently, and so I'll get it. I'll get it to you, and I'll provide the links for you, Create Your Life family. But it's essentially figuring out what tasks are, um, what is it, oh. high, high difficulty, high impact, or low difficulty, uh, low impact, et cetera, et cetera. So figuring out what's the wins and what's actually going to push things forward. Right. And so now looking at things through that scope, it's easier for me to say, okay, this needs priority of time versus other things. So that's you know what I mean really okay. been my compass uh, yeah. as of lately.
2: I got to admit, turn the phone off. I love that. I love being on the plane. Mm -hmm. That's when I get a lot of work done. Oh, yeah.
0: See, here's the funny thing about that is I'll actually put my phone in airplane mode and set my timer on my phone in 30 minute increments. And that man do that. Like if when you know that timer's going, you are like I got thirty minutes to do this. Yeah, that's how I got your questions done. <laughs> I, no, literally for for the show, I literally put um I put my phone in airplane mode and I said I'm focusing on Jacoby's questions for you know thirty minutes. Now I th- did a thirty minute slot and I had a few. I had a, a nice chunk of them and then I said you know what, let me do another fifteen. But just that isolated, just focus, man. It just yeah makes a huge difference. Yeah, I get some more
2: questions. Of course. Okay, um, how do you? designate vacation time to yourself uh
0: to be honest with you man i don't really take vacation <laughs> even when i'm on vacation i'm not on vacation so i get that um is that's that bad? a tough one is it bad i think that i think that it can be i mean some. i will say this is that some days I, i'm just like you know what i just need to chill Right. But that's when it's you know what I mean, amassed and so I'm like, you know what, I'm just not I'm I'm just not gonna do nothing today. But that that's a daycation. few far in between yeah, vacation. Yeah. So I probably get more of those versus like, oh yeah, you know, let me go and take two weeks. Like when I'm in foreign countries and it's like two weeks, like please believe I'm still, you know, working the episodes gotta come out, all of that stuff. How right. about for you? How do you uh designate vacation?
2: You know, I think I think unplugging is extremely important. Yeah. Um so in a month, well even in the day, I will I'll take 20 or 30 minutes of just intention mm. to not do anything and that doesn't mm. mean watching tv or something just think mm. uh, i think we don't do that enough there's mm. so much going on there's always so many things so just that little small mm-hmm. the break of time mm-hmm. um and then you know in a month i think i should you know go out a couple times just over a weekend, do something. And every year I got to leave the country yeah. bare minimum, hopefully at least two times. It's Very true. Yeah.
0: Um, something else that I did that I have implemented as of lately, that has really been, uh, good is that I have, um, I've stu- I have a, a alarm set in my calendar and on my phone to stop working at 10 PM. No matter what I'm doing that. at 10 PM, stop and take those last two hours. Cause I try to be in bed by 12 take those last two hours and literally you know what i mean whatever it is if i want to watch i'm big for watching cartoon movies for some reason i just love the creativity of yeah. t- you know taking the turtle and making it kind of like human and, <laughs> you know it has all of these different you know things that it does and so i like you the creativity
2: Malina? oh yeah that water oh yeah the water how do you make so water creative. have a, a life it was really cool
0: so creative. And then, you know, just really celebrating the symbolism of the, of the tattoos in the movie. and yeah. You know, the guy, him actually coming to understand that his responsibility is bigger and, you know, that he wasn't necessarily responsible. Of course, you know, you can tell I watched it. I love the movie. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, you taking the time out to do those small things for yourself. It actually helps, I feel like, with your mental wellness, you know, of not being ex- exa- so exhausted um, from working, you know, from sun up to sundown. Because the, the balance,
2: right? you know what I
0: mean, is super important.
2: I'm guilty of working way too late into the night. But, but I won't take meetings until 10 a.m. unless I have to. Absolutely. That's, so, you know, work out, do my email, knock out some work mm-hmm. before. Because you can get started on the meeting schedule and then just not even get back to work the whole day.
0: Dude, I hate when my days go like that. Oh, <sighs> that was man. my Friday. I think I had a day like that like last Tuesday. No, yeah, it was Tuesday. Tuesday, we just went away, and I was like, man, you know what? Because I was so excited to get work done, right? And everything just kept going and going, and I was. Just, it was just one of those days where you don't have control, right. but you know, you're blessed to have the opportunity. So, you know, you just count your blessings. So that was that was definitely a thing, definitely a thing.
2: Once again, you said it. Being thankful for that, the fact that you're in that situation. Mm-hmm is better than not being in that situation. You know, you're trying to make your dreams come true and there's too much going on. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing.
0: Yeah. And I think also, you know, you still, you have to double down and say, okay, what's the priority here? Absolutely. Because sometimes you can definitely get pulled in different directions. And another way that I stay, um, that I keep my day, uh, my days organized, I have a a morning routine that I really stick to. And it's called, it's actually called ambitions. That's like my word, ambition, right? Um, But that is so it it really guides my like my life um so i do that like on a daily basis and those things are good and i also have this audio of kevin garnett the, this audio like it really? it excites me dude i'm going to play it for you <laughs> create your life family i will pl- i will play this audio for you he um he basically talk is talking about how he prepares or how he used to prepare for like Antonio McDice, Tim Duncan, you know, and all of these guys who are, like I hear the Nuggets players, reference. right? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, you know, whatever happened to that guy, man? McDice was he was, he was the, the animal, animal. Yeah. yeah. And so you know, he's talking about all of these great other power forwards and centers, and but he talks about you know being willing to do the hard work. You know that everybody else isn't doing and people calling them crazy and people not understanding them and you're weird and this that and the other and he's talking through the process and so like the other day I was on my live, and I literally was listening to it for like an hour or two straight on repeat. I'm working there and it's 10 o'clock and I'm hungry as a matter of fact some days I do work past 10 (laughs) o'clock you know I'll be 100% honest and so I'm nearing my office and I'm working and I'm working and I'm working I'm hungry but I'm like man this dude. I'm just listening to this. Oh, there's no time off. I'll eat later. You
2: know what I I mean? I get that one. I get that one. See, I can't listen to audio, like an audio book or someone talking while I'm working. Because then I start listening. Mm -hmm. And then I can't type right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, man, I will tell you this, dude. That that, he definitely... You know what? I can't even play it on air because it's cursing in it now that I think about it. Uh, Uh, So I'll have to actually personally edit it um, in order to get the cursing out. But it is... It's that preparation, man, that eye of the tiger. And I feel like that's the difference. You know what I mean? That's what makes the, the huge difference for us, you know, as we're, you know, going towards our yeah. our endeavors. Yeah. You got more questions, man? You got a couple more minutes, so we can still keep conversing. Okay.
2: Um, what is your take on the cannabis industry?
0: To be honest with you, I don't know much about it. Um, in terms of the actual business of it, I have a friend Uh, You know, an acquaintance who's out in Nevada who has a huge company um, that is he's a grower, actually. So he's a part of that one percent. I think for me, I am really looking at how it's become okay, And then I'm looking at the communities that, you know, were destroyed by the laws, by the war on drugs. And so I'm very curious to see how that's going to uh, play out when people are released and then they're coming home, you know, are their, are their records going to be expunged because, you know, it's super hard to get employment once you, you know, become a felon or this, that and the other. And then I'm thinking about people who might have been locked up for a weed possession or something like that. Right. But then it became the snowball effect. And so right. now they got into more serious crime. So it's like, how do you undo that?
2: That's a tough one.
0: Right. It, it, it's super tough. But what you're talking about is generations of families who have been broken apart because of this thing that is now OK to do. And I'm pretty sure there are other references throughout history, you know, that somebody else could probably make an argument um, about where, you know, that would say, well, if you say it for this, then you have to say it for that. But I'm looking at it in the way that it disproportionately affects, uh, you know, my family, your family and the families of people, you know, who we've grown up around. So
2: I can appreciate that perspective. One of the biggest reasons I'm in it, man. Yeah. let try to try to drive that change. And, you know, that. Economic boost for our communities.
0: I can honestly say, too, man. You know, having the opportunity to speak with you here on the show sheds a different light on it for me. To more so uh, have more of a, a curiosity about it and be open to more conversation and understanding about it, right? Good, because okay. it does have this stigma. But I'm now seeing that, hey, you know what? You're in the game because you're passionate about it and passionate about the communities. You know what I mean that were affected by. So this is. This is bigger than just, you know, let me make money or, you know, hey, you know what I mean? I smoke. Right. Right. So I think that that's I I personally feel like that's huge. So
2: I'm glad that's kind of the image I want to be projected. I want people to at least be curious mm-hmm. um, and find out information. Then if you want to make a judgment to any direction. Mm-hmm. Cool. But, you know, get educated All right, come to a revel event.
0: <laughs> hey, exactly. So and you said July 18th, right? Yes, sir. Okay, cool. Well, Jacoby, man, thank you so much for being on the show, bro.
2: It was a pleasure. It was man, a pleasure.
0: Appreciate you. All right, well, Create Your Life family, super happy to have you all here with us today. I uh, hope you enjoyed this show. Matter of fact, I know you did. Um, and so, you know, tune in soon. Talk to you. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5 30 to 6 30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash Kev Brown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life.
1: Create your life. Create your life. You create your life. And your life. You better create your life. Create your life. Create your life.
2: Create your life. Create your life.